Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And on today's Word for the Day, we continue our series on the Holy Spirit. Actually, we we uh, wrap it up today. And um, uh, this is the Friday before the day of Pentecost, where we commemorate Jesus sending the Holy Spirit on the church the day of Pentecost to mark that the, the ministry of Jesus that was carried out and recorded in the Gospels, continues in the church, not only the book of Acts, but until his return. He, he ascended, and then the Holy Spirit is at work in the church, in the world, until Jesus returns. And of course, his ministry goes on, but that's what Pentecost marks. So um, so I want to wrap up the series by just talking afresh about the, the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I want to I want to invite you to step into that reality if you never have. And so, um, as I mentioned early on, all of us who've come to faith in Jesus have the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's no second step by which we didn't have the Holy Spirit before. Now we have Him. He's in you, and He's in you fully. So when we talk about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then what do we mean? Well, let me let me say two things. The key text is Ephesians 5.18, where Paul says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Greek grammar in that text, where the, 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 the uh, imperative to be filled is, is a, is, carries the idea um, that's hard to translate of a continuous ongoing action. So it's not a one and done. It's a constant thing we seek to live in. But what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, well, the clue is in what Paul says before. He says, don't be drunk with wine. So to be drunk with wine, you have to be full of wine. And when you're full of wine, who's in control, you or the wine? It's the wine. So to be full of the Spirit is to be one who lives under the control and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Often, for many Christians, but not all, um, that starts with a with a intentional a receiving of the Holy Spirit. Again, not so much receiving Him into your life, but receiving Him into all of your life. Kind of opening up and saying, I surrender fully to you, Holy Spirit. I want you to come and fill me, give me whatever gifts you have, and I'm open to what you want to do. Um, for some people, I think they just... They come to Christ, they're baptized, they, they grow up in the faith, and they live in the Spirit, and they don't experience a particular moment where this happens, kind of like conversion. Um, so, so I'm always wary of really strict scripts around this. The point is, are you willing to be a person who makes room in every room of your life for the Holy Spirit? Are you a person who's willing to walk in the Holy Spirit? Are you a person willing to keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to give yourself to your give him yourself to him daily so he can be the one who leads and guides you? And in three areas to empower you to grow into Christ likeness, um, to empower you to serve the members of the body of Christ, and empower you to be on mission in the world. Um I encourage anyone who's like, you know, I just don't know. I'd like to have a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And to just ask for that, I think the best way to do that is to ask someone to pray for you to have that. I think I mentioned this story already in the series, but I'm going to mention it again. It's one of my favorites. Excuse me. Uh, it's almost lunchtime and I'm yawning. Sorry. Um, 
But many of you have heard of the evangelist D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody. The Moody Bible Institute is named after him. He started it. And um, he had a good friend, the theologian R.A. Torrey. And Torrey taught that a person needs to have a filling with the Holy Spirit that's different than conversion. And I believe in that. And so he invited Moody to pray to receive that. And so Tory prayed with him, asked for that. Moody received it. And in Moody's, in that moment, Moody felt nothing. In that mo- moment, Moody had no weird experience. He just prayed for it and by faith just received it. But what happened is from that day on, uh, there was a marked increase of fruitfulness in his ministry. I think that's probably twofold. One is I think the Holy Spirit didn't anoint him. But I think also Tory's teaching and encouragement moved Moody to quit relying on himself so much and to really lean into the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to work. And I think that's what the invitation is. Have you have you been living sort of what I call a rationalistic evangelical life? You worship God, you believe in God, you have the Bible, you have biblical principles, maybe you have the liturgy and you kind of are in control and you sort of live that out. Um, there's a dimension of your life in Christ that involves the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit. Those things you can't put a finger on. And and his work to prompt you to grow in Christ-likeness. His, his empowerment for you to serve. And I want to encourage you to just take a step of faith and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh. To fill every area of your life. And um, um, it's a mystery the Holy Spirit's a person. But if you've never done that, I'd encourage you to do that. You might want to do that on your own. You might want to, um, you know, if you go to St. Patrick's on, at church on Sunday, visit our prayer team and say, I just want to receive a fresh empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Maybe have, uh, you know, Pastor Andy pray with you at St. Patrick's if you're there and um, ask for a fresh touch and a fresh life and journey in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you come from a background, you had some bad experiences with sort of charismatic Christians. I had some of that. I had some things that um, were part of my life um, early on. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, Oftentimes our church prayer group would go to other churches that were Pentecostal, and I'm not anti-Pentecostal, but they had a particular style of doing Holy Spirit ministry. Um, For example, someone might prophesy and they'd sort of use King James English act like they're being possessed by the Holy Spirit and they're like a literal mouthpiece of God and everyone better obey. Really unhealthy, a real wrong understanding, and a style that just doesn't work. Um, Then when I became Episcopalian, I kind of stepped back into a place where Holy Spirit ministry happened and I experienced what I call a gentle, natural, contemplative approach. And so... I had experiences where people would share what they thought was something prophetic for me. And they would just be very calm and go, hey, as I was praying, this kind of picture came to my mind. And I just give it to you. Maybe it's from the Lord. Maybe it's not. And you can just sort of walk with that. And what I discovered is I never quit believing in the realities of things, but I got tripped up by weirdness or people who um, were, were kind of manipulative or controlling with these things. And I have no interest in being a church that does those kind of things. I have no interest in being a pastor that does those kind of things. But I do have an interest in being a pastor who leads a church where we're open to those things. And I would say if you've had some bad experiences, 
you know, maybe you need to sort of revisit those. Maybe some people you need to just release and forgive before the Lord. And then say, Lord, um, I'm open to anything you have. And I'm willing to start anew in this area and just experience what you have um, graciously and gently. Because maybe maybe you've been quenching the Spirit because it's bad experiences. That's perfectly understandable. And uh, I would never want to scold you for um, being wary of those kind of experiences. Or maybe, like I said, you grew up in sort of a rationalistic evangelical setting. And I was part of that kind of world for a while. And this has just not been part of who you are. I'd say, hey, be open to this. Dip your feet in the water, explore, start the journey, and see where the Holy Spirit takes you. Um, you might really discover a whole new dimension in your life in Christ that's really exciting, really fun, really life-giving, and really cool. And um, yeah, so there's more I could say, but um, I hope this series has been somewhat helpful. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll answer as best I can. God bless and have a great day.